Red Channel Condition with Michael. You could do uh, 20 years of higher education, step off a bus, and then zombie. Jonathan. That that would be the dystopian chicken future. And Peter. Get your cocaine instantly with Instant Cocaine Online. Welcome, listeners, to this week's episode of Red Channel Condition. Once again, we're broadcasting to you from the abyss of time and space, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Michael and Jonathan. What's going on, guys? Uh, doing all right. You know, uh, good week. You know, entering the weekend, you can't go wrong. You know, we're like a week away from the Super Bowl. I don't know if anybody cares about uh, football or anything like that. Nope. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, actually. Uh, I'm not a huge football fan. But apparently my mom is. It's funny and it's interesting to see her get all worked up about football. I actually <laughs> loved uh, have that being a thing. Like I still remember coming over and watching the Super Bowl with you guys, and she was like, she was like, I got pizza. Like I'm in. Like she was like into it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. It, it's 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 a it's a, it's a big thing. Like it's picturing your thing. mom with like the big foam hand. <laughs> it's just kind of making my brain just spin right now it's kind of amazing it's amazing she she not only gets excited about the game but she's also of of course there for the commercials as well which is completely something i don't understand for the most part because you know it's like the one event that happens where the commercials are the attraction yeah but now she she is she is in all the way with all with with all of that, like I don't even know if she knows what team is playing. Like she <laughs> she's just there for for the for the event itself. It's so pure. It's like distilled football. There are no teams. She just wants to see like people smacking into each other. How was your week? Oh, I can't complain. I had a, I had a few gigs this week, which was pretty cool. I was a stand-in for uh, Law and Order. Um, organized crime and i had another stand-in job for something called girls on the bus which was a lot of fun i actually got to read lines Ooh. yeah oh, no wow. it, was a, it was a really fun experience wait so when you read lines like that's that's you reading with an actor or are you just running lines um so basically like, are we gonna no, hear your voice on no but actually or? you can like there was a, i gotta show you guys if you guys have watched uh poker face um which is the new uh it's a, a show streaming on peacock I actually got to do a scene with Natasha Leone where I hand her a cigarette. And uh, even though I wasn't supposed to say anything, I actually did say, here you go. And they kept it. So <laughs> I was really thrilled to see that. Wow. Uh, come to come to life. So what does that mean for uh, your union rate or whatever? Because like, don't you guys uh, don't you guys get paid different? Technically, technically, uh, you they should have bumped me up to a principal role if they kept, because I think the rule is if you say three words on camera or whatever, then technically you're a principal actor. But that show was so good to me, and I got all my SAG waivers pretty much from that show alone that I'm not going to bother them for it. I'm just thrilled to see that I ended up in the final product. Oh, awesome. that's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. so is it out yet? Like that episode? Yeah, it's like, out. I could you could, you could go stream it now. It's episode. Wow. So I'm in act. So Holy if shit. you blink, you'll miss me in episode three. I'm only there in the background for like two seconds. But episode four, there's one commercial break in the episode. And the scene happens as soon as they return from that commercial break. It's basically the camera panning down from a tree to uh, <laughs> to reveal, like, I guess I'm leaning up against a tree and you're seeing my back. And the camera focuses on Natasha Leone, and she asks me for a cigarette, and then I like run and hop into this van. 
Fuck. Like, wow, I, I, I want to, yeah, I want a screen capture. Uh, okay, Yo, am, am I really you. about to sign up for Peacock to catch you, know you for like two I could seconds? Probably, <laughs> I could probably rip it and send, just send it to you guys if you don't want to pay the money. I mean, how how about not pirate the one show you're on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to throw a few bucks at Peacock's way. I love it. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate your patronage. Right, so I'm, I'm yeah. going to support you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually the first time I've seen myself on camera, and I didn't hate it. So, but then again, you don't oh then you, you don't see my face ever. So, <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> how, how does that How does that feel though? Like you like you could turn on the TV and watch. Yeah, this. oh no, I'm really looking forward to Blacklist this season because I know I'm in that motherfucker. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, this is like the wow. final season too. Isn't oh, it? I have no. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it, I think it is. Done. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they jumped the shark way... They jumped the shark in season one, episode one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys, I got a really special surprise for you this show. Oh, really? Wow. What's that? Oh, yeah, here it comes. Warning. Incoming guest. Warning. Incoming guest. Okay, she is the director of operations for the Unison Art Gallery in New Paltz, New York, a musician in her own right and an avid Star Trek fan. Please welcome to the show, Allie Bell. Allie, thanks for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Thanks for coming on, Allie. Appreciate it. Thank you for talking with us today. Oh, yeah. Really looking forward to what we get into. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she sounds more sarcastic than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Refreshing, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, Allie, tell us, tell us about you. Tell us about what you do for Unison. I mean, it sounds like a... Director of Operations, very hands on the wheel. Yeah, isn't that a fun title? It's a fun title. Yeah, that's what it is. So like a little bit of everything. My job is to ask all the really annoying detailed questions plus whatever else. I started doing graphic design there and then that, you know, leveled up. It's been fun. I like it. It's a nice place. Excited about the work we're doing. A lot of cool, inclusive art shows, you know, nonprofit life, that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what's going on there right now, like in terms of uh, exhibits or displays or what's the what's the hot item at Unison right now? Uh, Right now, we're getting ready to put up a show of collected uh, photographs from Ulster County, uh, six photographers of color, I think Uh, that's going to open. February 25th. We took a little slow start in the year so we could gather our bearing, have a whole lot of program. But we always have like concerts, you know, exhibits, classes. People can rent the space. There's a sculpture art literally like every fucking A. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So do, do they focus primarily on artists from the Hudson Valley? Is that like their. Yeah, that's that's the idea it, because it's it, the whole concept is to really get the community involved and build. So the more we can uplift who's already here, the better. I love that. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I can't wait to check that stuff out. I've never really been to an art gallery. And and the one time I did, I was super intimidated. Oh, yeah. This place is the exact opposite of that. Oh, okay. It's like in a converted barn on some land owned by the nice older couple. It's like super, super new. It started in the 70s, so it still has that like new cult 70 to it. And it's very intimate and very friendly, really the opposite of a hoity-toity gallery. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I had the pleasure of going there once. And uh, in addition, like they have like, like she said, the converted barn with like, uh, like stuff hanging up on the walls. But there's also like a pretty extensive, like, like almost like a field of sculptures and stuff that they had, at least when I was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's still there. Sometimes it changes. We had an exhibit out there that we took down, but we always have like the 
tried and true sculptures out there. But we've got like acres of land there and we just got gifted a second building that was built in like 1773 over uh, by the throughway. And it's this like MC Escher ass building that uh, we now own. And it's really, really cool. Pretty, pretty haunted, I hope. Um, <laughs> and we're still figuring out how to get stuff going over there because we have to fix it up and whatnot. But that place also has, you know, like an acre of land. So we're going to hope to put sculptures there too. So uh, we're, we're taking over. Yeah, that's pretty badass. You know, like, make, you know, the, the museum itself is art and then you're just making art more accessible to everyone. That's, yeah, the, that's, that's the right the way to do it. Yep, yep. And showcasing the local people is what I really love about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we have a good relationship with SUNY New Paltz. So there's like a big education factor to it. Like we want to get into more talks and, you know, Q&As and stuff like that. So people are learning. Shout out to New Paltz. Yeah. (laughs) Our alma mater. That's one of those things that I wish I was actually exposed to uh, growing up a little bit more. The pie chart that is uh, my knowledge and, and interest, like art is like poorly represented just because I haven't I was never really exposed to um you know different types of it uh like in my in my head art is always that thing you like draw or or something like that but I never really like I go into like art museums and I look at the stuff and I'm like and most of it just it's just over my head like I don't know what I'm looking at or like how I'm supposed to quote unquote appreciate it yeah, context helps for sure, especially, you know, having practiced art. Like, I pretty much went to a art high school just by luck. You know, that's a lot of the thing, too. You kind of have to be lucky as a kid to have, you know, the resources to be exposed to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing we're kind of trying to do to make sure everybody gets the context early, you know. I guess we were... We were kind of fortunate to grow up in New York City, so I mean, I, I just speaking for myself, I don't know about you guys, Mike and John, but uh, I, I was lucky enough to be exposed to you know a variety of different you know art forms from from the Museum of Natural History to the guy on the subway. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'm really glad to see that that kind of stuff is is still alive and well, and uh, you know, Unison is growing and uh, showcasing the local talent. Yeah, for sure. But you had mentioned that you're also a musician. Would you care to regale our listeners a little bit about how you got into that? What kind of music do you make? Uh, please tell us. Um, sure, yeah. So I would still consider myself sort of a beginner musician, but I've been dabbling with like keyboards and synthesizers since I was a kid. Uh, just again, by luck, by them just being there already in my house when I was born. We just had like a bunch of keyboards for some reason. Uh, Dope. That's that's where I pretty much got started. Um, and now I'm getting into like music production and DJing. I started DJing this summer and found out that that was something I was technically doing my whole life. You know, the way I obsessively <laughs> listen to music and collect music and organize files in my free time. <laughs> um, yeah. And I sing. Um, yeah, pretty much all that. And I'm starting to try to pare that down to see where where I can get that in and where I can collaborate with others. And I'm really excited about that too. Do you have a favorite genre or like a specific type of sound that you like were inspired by and have tried to emulate or or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I'd say like pop dance, like dreamy synthesizer, beautiful ambient oh, stuff. That. Yeah, anything anything within there. And of course, emo music. You know, I grew up on Long Island in 2004. So I was like yep. 14 when, you know, brand new still lived next door to me pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really big influence. Oh, and musicals, like musical theater. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see how that all comes together. Uh, through whatever it is that I'm going to keep making. You know, I've got like sketches and little experiments here and there, but that's, I, f I feel like all those influences are going to inevitably come through. So I'm excited to see that. If you have a sample of anything you want us to play on the show, please send it to us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as of yet, no, but I have, a, <laughs> I, have a, I have a SoundCloud with some bullshit on it that I want to keep adding more stuff to. So I also like like doing like, recordings of stuff like i have whole folders of star trek samples that i've screen recorded of course uh have a ha have in my notes like a star trek mix that i really want to make that i think about all the time and all the wow samples. that's yeah, awesome yeah. yeah get ready for that i'll definitely send that to you guys as soon as i'm done <laughs> Yeah, she, she's been lending me a hand with uh, the next chapter of Psychotica, too. So yes, I'm really excited yes. to see how that pans out. Oh, man, me too. Yeah, that was super fun to work on. <laughs> like, that um, was something I could have done for like eight hours straight and not even known. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess since we're on the topic of Star Trek, you are on the, uh, you, you're an avid Star Trek fan. We've had multiple discussions about Star oh. Trek. And, and, you know, this podcast and, and my friendship with Mike and John is kind of loosely based and entrenched throughout the years of just kind of, of getting together and connecting over Star Trek. So let me ask you, what does, Star <laughs> Trek, what does Star Trek mean to you? And uh, how did you get into Star Trek when you were, when you were younger? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the second question first, chronologically. So when I was a kid, it was on at home. Like I was, you know, more conscious during the Voyager years. That's when I could like actually understand it. I remember seeing Next Gen, but I was like four probably. Uh, and I wasn't like super into it then, but I liked it. My family liked it. And then I didn't really care about it until about like 2015, I lived with a bunch of friends and they started watching Next Gen and then I just started getting addicted to it after a while and then just didn't stop. And then once I got into Deep Space Nine, then it was all over. <laughs> yep. yeah. DS9 to go. And by that, I mean my old life and my new better life was. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's when it that's when it transitioned from regular fandom into something like a, like a psychotic obsession. Yes. Yes. OK. Gotcha. So, yeah, you're just like yeah. us. You can, like we us. can relate. Yeah. We can relate. It's, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> TNG really is the uh, the gateway drug to uh, to, oh, yeah. to track. Oh yeah, the marijuana. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> like the LSD or the ecstasy. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> As a person, I guess who who grew up on Voyager, because like the the three of us have 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 Jesus. opinions about Voyager. Well, of course. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, so you, so you know, a lot of times I've been thinking, oh, there's like a bit of a nostalgia bomb, like because you know, I like uh, TNG because that's what I grew up with. I, I think uh, Pete likes uh, the original series a lot too because that's what he grew up with. Right. You know, does Voyager have a nostalgia uh, component to it, or you know, are you just also like, yeah, I experienced it, but it's not that amazing? Or can yeah. you see it for what it is? Shit, just shit. <laughs> 
It's funny. My sister loves Voyager because she loves Janeway. You know, she, my sister's a scientist. So she's, and like, you know, a strong woman. So she's like, Janeway, Janeway. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't, it doesn't hit for me in that same way. And I I wasn't like a, you know, super duper watching it when I was a kid. I actually remember being pretty scared of the episode where all those, uh, that like alien race is on the ship, but nobody can see them, and they're experimenting on them like secretly. Oh, that's and creepy. Yeah, it's yeah. And then I watched it again recently, and I was like, "This is terrifying." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm just you know traumatized by it a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I, I watched Voyager a couple of years ago all the way through, and was like, "Yeah, I don't need to do that ever again." <laughs> <laughs> it's it was kind of rough. I mean, you didn't like the um, what the the clown episode where the 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 fear AI was uh, killing people in real life. Oh God, yeah. I actually like that one. The, I I I, you know, I thought it was kind of cheesy, like the original series. It, it was. Yeah. Uh, I felt like it was yeah. a callback to it. Well, that actor though, the guy who plays the space clown, is uh, what's his <laughs> name? Uh, Better Call Saul, the brother, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a real actor. Wow, really? That's an yeah. actual real actor. Yeah. It's like a real actor doing that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Not a real clown though. Mm. <laughs> so do you have a favorite if you were to put your hand or put your finger in one of the pots as a, as a favorite Star Trek, which one would it be? DS9 easy. Oh, thank god. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. I I can't. Yeah. I just like sit here and think about how much I love Deep Space Nine without even watching it and like get <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, and uh, very true. <laughs> okay. So so Star Trek is constantly evolving. That's kind of one of the things that makes Star Trek Star Trek is it changes with the times and kind of reflects on what's going on in society and makes like allegories for for modern and contemporary issues. Um, have you watched any of the newer Star Trek? Strange New Worlds, Discovery, stuff like that? Yep, I, uh, I did them all. I don't really remember a lot from all of them, honestly. <laughs> only bits and pieces, just because I've only watched them once. Whereas, you know, Deep Space Nine right. and TNG, I have no idea how many times I've watched those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, and then I kind of did it, you know, I wasn't watching them as they came out. I think I did it in bulk after a bunch of them came out. So I would spend, you know, like four hours and then think about it again. But, uh, yeah, I, I like discovery in parts for what it is. It kind of stressed me out a lot. It was too dramatic. And I found Mm -hmm. myself like really anxious all the time watching it. Like this isn't fun, (laughs) but I think they finally hit it with strange new worlds. Like third time was a charm on, uh, Figuring out what they wanted to do with a new live action. Just like the actors and the characters, the writing is better. It's just a better show. I'm not even going to mention Picard. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge travesty what they've yeah, done to uh, Jean-Luc. Uh, Picard is not great. So annoying. I was actually doing a background gig last year and i was wearing the star trek jacket that i have and the <laughs> one of one of the like ad's came over to me and he's like oh you like star trek i was like yeah he's like oh i worked on picard and i was like oh he's like yeah i know picard sucks but patrick stewart's a nice guy <laughs> wow that means we're like six degrees of separation away from picard we're like yeah. three that's I, actually amazing. Cool, I talked that's actually to a guy cool. who looked at 
Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're so close. <laughs> you know, I know. <laughs> I think we're we've all been knighted. Then I think that's that's what that means. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> the transitive pro- properties of knighthood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sir John. Sir wow. Peter. Sir Mike. Thank you. Wow, that sounds good. Amazing. Yeah. In terms of um, what it means to you, has, mm. has there ever been like a? Have you ever had some real life practical applications of Star Trek where like you were in a weird situation and you used what you learned from Kirk or Cisco or Picard? to kind of like influence your demeanor or behavior or anything like that? Like, yeah, <laughs> I've actually noticed that like at work, I, <laughs> I like think about things like, like if I'm like interacting with people, I like kind of have some prime directive stuff in my mind or like, what would Picard do here so that I don't just yell at somebody kind of a thing. <laughs> oh, I love that. What would Picard do? I love it. Yeah. Uh... Like how could I be diplomatic, but still, you know, Put the do hammer tug, down. Do you give yourself the shirt tug before you do something with integrity? Yes, of course. Okay, <laughs> naturally. Yeah, I do show up in a red jumpsuit a lot to work, and they you know, they don't really like it. <laughs> well, I remember your Star Trek themed birthday party. Yes, I had tons of fun. Oh, oh wow, wow. a Star yeah. Trek themed birthday. Wow. Okay, yeah, that was, you, you that's that that hardcore. idea. Yeah, You're my friends threw right. me a thirtieth uh, birthday party Star Trek themed. There was food, there was drinks, and, and nobody else but me and Pete like Star Trek, like in our group of friends. And they all, everybody else planned it, and they did a really nice job. It was very heartwarming and touching to see the work that went into that. And it was a really fun party, too. <laughs> Costumes were encouraged. I dressed up like Major Kira, did a little cosplay there. You looked great. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Like, I bought, like, a Bajoran prosthetic nose ridge thing off of ebay the earring the uh, bajoran com badge and then just like a red outfit and it was great (laughs) yeah there were tribbles there were costumes there were bajoran earrings there were space drinks it was yep there was romulan ale there was spring wine fuck this party sounds like a blast (laughs) it was was really fun (laughs) it was really fun And then uh, that actually, I think the next year for my birthday, my sister got me a cameo of Nana Visitor. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, I got to send that to you guys. I literally couldn't watch it through the whole time because I just started sobbing. Because I was just like, like she said my name and was like looking into the camera. And I was like, I physically like don't have the threshold for this yet. Um, and she went on for like four minutes and talked about like a potato cake she made for her son one time. And it was so cute. She's just the sweetest lady in the world. Ugh. Oh, my God. That's wow. incredible. That's yes. a dream come yeah. true. Yeah. Getting getting emotional again, even thinking about it. <laughs> now I'm, I'm wondering what that would be like if I like if, if Avery Brooks was on cameo oh, or something and we could God. just get him to scream into a camera about something completely <laughs> unrelated to anything Star Trek or me uh, for about 15 minutes. It would be I've, incredible. That would be incredible. Because it would also be insane. <laughs> if, if I saw that, I would break my screen. Like, if I'm yeah. talking about you, Peter, like, holy shit. Like, I need him talking about the history of, like, piano and, like, you know, fucking civil rights and, and uh, great black musicians when all he was supposed to say was happy birthday. I need that. <laughs> like, I need that. Yeah, that would be intense. And wonderful. 
All right, so we got the we have the season three premiere of Picard coming up. I think it's February sixteenth. Um, and I, oh wow, that's soon. Yeah, oh, so man. too soon. You, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> well, what were your thoughts on the Picard series? What What do you think they did right? What do you think they did wrong? Are you looking forward to this? How do you feel? I mean, they probably shouldn't have had like a baby write the, the show, but uh, <laughs> that's that's where I would start. The writing was just so bad. That I can't even get over it. Okay, what was worse, season one or season two? <sighs> I don't even know. Ooh, yeah, season two really started off with promise and then just got so annoying. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I have to agree with with uh, uh, that particular concept, Ali. Like season two did really begin like you know, they're about to do some shit. Yeah. And then, you know, it's it's amazing how much not in space they were. Like, yeah. for, like, it's, like it's it's actually quite impressive. Uh, yeah, they just like I don't know if they uh, like wrote themselves into a corner and they were trying to like figure out how to get out and just struggled at it. It just it just didn't work out. No, I, I feel like they didn't write themselves into a corner. They just didn't write. Period. Because yeah. they feel like <laughs> we we could have written a better fucking ending to that show. Than... Any- like oh my god yeah <laughs> like you like it's writing you can write anything anything yeah up. it's so like you have the whole ev- like of infinity <laughs> to make something up <laughs> to get yourself out of anything <laughs> wait are you telling me you didn't enjoy the uh the spec ops swat borg like <laughs> oh my god oceans oceans 13 in- <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, you dying for no reason. You didn't uh, love Ocean's yeah, Thirteen. Picard is time. Why god. even bring him? Oh my god. Yeah, very powerful. Yeah, whole thing so was a weird. Mess. I want. I want to sit down with these people who wrote this, who directed this, who created this, and just ask Scold them how them. they can sleep at night. You know, like <laughs> you know what you did. Yeah, because like they must know it's not good, right? <laughs> <laughs> You would think, but then, you know, then I guess the same jerk-offs are behind Strange New Worlds, which I thought was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it the... No, no. It's a completely different team, right? Well, it's the same guy who's, like, heading everything. It's Kurtzman, who's, like, the main, you know... Okay. You know, producer of all this shit. Yeah. Yeah. What he says goes in Star Trek now. He's probably just hiring different people who know what they're doing on different shows. You know, it's it's kind of like, you know... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Who, who who do or don't. And I think, you know, like maybe the team on Strange New World is just better. I think it's like a more graduated thing that they uh, from what they were trying to do with Picard. And they were like, great, here's a new chance with a little bit of a fresh slate. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I like Strange New Worlds, but I don't even think that was the most like sophisticated writing or plot creation I've ever seen either. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think DS9 definitely tackles things differently. Yeah. Um, we can't compare it to DS9. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, thus far, unimpressed with the new Star Treks. I like them, though. It's good that it's happening, because, again, going back to the question of like what you know this means in the grander scale, getting more people interested in this sort of story and this world is, is really important you know, creating a different mythos for ourselves because everything else is just way, way more pessimistic 
and this is like one of the only major huge generation spanning stories that isn't just repetitive and has this real life quality to it and actually has hope for humanity in the world where everybody's obsessed with like apocalypse stories, which I'm really fucking sick of. <laughs> oh man, I felt that. Totally, God. totally. A person, a person after John's heart. God, I felt that, Ellie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean like the, just, the, just the idea of there being like another way to consider like life and living in general. Like yeah. that's, I think that's what, you know, if, if there's anything that resonates with me about, I guess, Star Trek, you know, after having spent all this time, like, not really liking Star Trek, right? You know, so yeah. besides, the, besides the whole friendship aspect of it, like, it's that, it's that idea of, you know, another mode of, of how to think about living, how to think about, uh, you know, your relationships with other people, or just like the systems that, you know, society is organized by, right? Like, you know, how to, you know, how do you live in a world where, like, shit doesn't have to be scarce? right yeah stuff like that i love that about star trek yeah like how do you just be a human for the sake of being human yeah without having to fuck everybody else over yeah and one of the one of the unique things i guess since star trek's inception is like when you think of sci-fi generally i mean even back to like the classic days of isaac isomoff and all that stuff you know most of this stuff was pretty dystopian like figuring like what what humanity is going to do when we go out into the world oh yeah we're just going to have slaves and kill things out there too right and, you know we're going to rape every natural resource we possibly can from every asteroid and planet we get our hands on but star trek was one of those if not the only uh sci-fi franchise that i can think of that really tried to envision uh what humanity would look like if it was living up to its potential and mm -hmm. things were actually equitable and fair and like trying to approach things from like a, a level of kindness as opposed to you know we're all fucked because it's the future and robots are going to kill us or we're going to kill ourselves or whatever so it's that's refreshing for me to see and i i'm glad totally. that that it yeah i'm glad it still exists in in the modern era yeah i mean that's the whole that's where it all started too like even with the original series like the original vision of this is so radical it's you know, the whole point was how do we treat other people kindly and not go to war, <laughs> like, with each other and go live a life of abundance. Begging and, the question, how do we try to understand people we don't understand yeah. or agree with or whatever, you know? Yeah. Instead of, like, let's fight them. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny how these lessons, you know, uh, were trying to be learned back in the 60s, which, of course, was a very turbulent time and you know, now, you know, here we are, like, we need those lessons more than ever. Yeah. And was it the, like, Gene Roddenberry wanted to make a show first about having, like, sympathy for people in Vietnam or something like that? He wanted to do a Vietnam show that humanized, like, not it being, like, you know, not it being a war that was, you know, as sort of this other way to look at it. And they were like, no, of course not. Like, we need the propaganda. And then he was like, well, then I'm going to make a sci-fi show and hide all of that and it'll be fine. Yeah, it was pretty ingenious the way yeah. he did it too. Mm -hmm. It kind of parallels all of the um, ancient artwork where they, where they hid uh, criticisms of the church in the, in the paintings. Mm -hmm. And I see what you're doing there, Gene. We like Star Trek because of the message, right? And then one of the reasons why I kind of stuck around in Trek was because of things like Psychotica. It's like we, 
we turned something that was good and pure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fandom alone. I mean, like the Star Trek shitposting group. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's great. The crazy fandom is probably the thing that attracted me to this first because I saw how uh, Mike and Peter were. <laughs> <laughs> the shit that they were doing and saying and making was possibly like some of the funniest stuff I had ever heard in my life to that yeah. point. And so it sucked me in. Like I, I got caught up in that. But and it happened to be a really good show after that. Yeah. Like, I mean, it started, I mean, you can't get to that, like, nonsense and the breaking apart of it if you don't love it first. And if you don't know it in your soul first. Otherwise, it doesn't have that grabbing to it. Yeah. And just, like, I mean, I feel like the message of Star Trek, you know, it's not so obvious. Like, the first time you watch it, especially if you're a kid, you're just like, cool, space stuff, yeah. And, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's also fun. Like, they have fun with it. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the silly jokey things that they do like the holodeck episodes whatever whatever you know so there's a fun playful quality to it and then as you get to know it more then you're like oh wow i feel better about where humanity could go let's have, see how i could use this in the real world right and one of the things that i've always loved is just the the versatility of star trek to be able to tell pretty much any kind of story i mean we're talking about a show that is the premise is like they're on a spaceship yeah but you know, they're traveling in time and like you said, going in the holodeck and before you know it, it's a it's a detective show. And then the next one is, uh, you know, it's a love story. And the next one is, a, you know, a war story. And the next one is about, you know what I mean? Like they can literally do almost anything or present any kind of idea, any kind of character. And it's an avenue to pursue just an infinity of possibilities. Do you think that uh, in terms of like the new stuff that you've watched, do you do you think that Star Trek has done a good job, um, kind of maintaining that ability to present challenge ideas, uh, or do you think that we're like the criticisms might be a little bit more accurate, like it's getting too woke or whatever? What What do you think about that? Uh, I, I think it kind of plateaued. They haven't really dug much deeper because there's because. I guess, I mean, Picard is its own thing, but then Discovery and Strange New Worlds are all pre-next-gen, and, pre, you know, like, so they're, I like, and, oh yeah, and there's Enterprise, too, we didn't even know about Enterprise. Um, I loved Enterprise. I mean, that's, that's about right for Enterprise, it's always yeah. left out. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like that, you know, the the before kind of thing, to see where they all came from, but it doesn't really add to anything, like, I haven't you know, had any new ideas <laughs> come up in my brain watching these things. I'm like, okay, yeah, you're just doing another another Star Trek story. As far okay, as the so woke factor, <laughs> I mean, you can't really get away from that if you're making TV now, especially when you're remaking stories that already existed. That is a criticism of, of this newer Trek that I never really understood. I mean, like Star Trek by its nature just because it's always looking forward. Um, it has that old message of um, equality and and kind of like the growth of humanity. Uh, it, I mean, it's been woke since the 60s. Right. And it's funny you know? how those two things, equality, <laughs> like that <laughs> equals woke. Like that's like another thing to like right. separate from people. And like that's 
like that's what the criticism is and it's like all right everybody like look in the mirror for like a second though (laughs) yeah my favorite are the republican star trek fans you know i'm like wait what like what are you (laughs) are you what are you pissed about like Like, how could you have ever watched this yeah because uh, then that's then that means that message was just going over their head and they were in it for yeah for 50 years yeah i mean that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, good yeah so much so much for that hope for humanity huh mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean re- yeah because you know star trek is basically space communism right yeah space yep. gay communism. <laughs> space, space communism luxury like luxury yeah, space yep. gay communism <laughs> And I, for one, can't wait for it because Jesus Christ, look at the world. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Star Star Trek envisioned a post scarcity uh, world, a po- uh, universe, you know, post scarcity economics, which is a thing that I'm personally fascinated in, right? Like the idea of like you can just put something in a replicator and just have it, right? So, you know, how how are things organized when you like when you can when you can have a base level of quality of life, a base level of income, your base level of stuff, right? Nobody has to not have something that they need, you know? Yeah, and what I always loved about it was that, you know, Star Trek presented these ideas, you know, through, like, technological principles that were, like, grounded in real science. And, And we've seen, like, life imitate art. I mean, like, the first examples of this were, like, the... Like the flip phone back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, with Kirk's communicator. And now we have things like 3D printers um, that are kind of akin to like maybe baby replicators. And yeah. we're, we're on the cusp of discovering fusion energy. So like in, in ways, Star Trek has built off of science and also inspired science to kind of go that direction. And I, for one, am very excited to see how far we could actually get with some of these things. Yeah, you know, stacks of iPads, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but for real though, that's a that's a good point because I was just thinking like I would love to hear the detailed, you know, plan of that utilitarian way of living where everybody has everything. Like, what are the what are the specifics of that? I want to see like plans and papers because then we can work off of that yeah the writers to work on that (laughs) yeah that's the that's the unfortunate thing right you know uh we have these concepts and you know even if there were papers like i wonder if uh people were would be willing to you know for example uh flatten their their profits or incomes Uh, and stuff like that in order to facilitate that post-scarcity universe we also have to remember that World War Three does happen in yeah. the Star Trek universe. <laughs> that is an astute observation. Yeah, yeah, that's always something that I, when I'm having all these like big grandiose ideas, I'm like, oh yeah, but also humanity sort of gets fucked up really bad first, and then they get great. <laughs> yeah, so even Star Trek knows it's going to get worse before it gets better. I mean, you know, you gotta break a few eggs. Yeah. <laughs> well, break a few eggs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's nice. All these shows of Trek. I just want one episode where they focus on someone that would be more like me. Because I, I don't know, I don't know if I would be out uh, exploring the stars or or working on you know warp theory or whatever. Because I, I might actually be one of those people who just walk into a holodeck and never walk out. 
They just find a skeleton in there 30 years later. Yeah. I mean, I guess they did a little bit with uh, with uh, with Barkley, but oh, like, I think that yeah. would be I think I would be the Barkley character. I think I, I think I'm mad about him because I know it's all that I'm just Barkley. <laughs> oh, and then also I want like a, a plain folks up. Like what's everybody on Earth doing that isn't in Starfleet? Yes. Yes. Like, what are they all doing? <laughs> They're going to Cisco's restaurant. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I wish. I mean, they're playing Parisi squares and eating whatever the fuck they want on the out of the replicator. I feel yeah, like. they're the couch potatoes of the 24th century. Sounds like a good way to live. It Let's does. do some world building. Come on. Yeah, I mean, there's when they uh, when Picard goes back to France, he talks to that guy who's like exploring the ocean floor. That would be Sequest. I would watch a Star what? Trek Sequest. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. I do a, I could do a mini series of that. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that I feel like the the Star Trek world like would enable, right? Like if you don't have to work anymore, like you could be free like to do crazy shit with your leisure time. Like yeah. that you why can't like why can't we do that? Like fucking A. Yeah, I mean, Kirk was climbing mountains and shit, you know, and Spock was running around on anti-gravity boots on their, you know, <laughs> on their fucking shore leave. That's probably what most people are doing every day is just flying around with anti-gravity boots and punching mountains. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd be doing. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a future I want to live that's in. That's a peaceful society, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like people are still writers and artists, so they talk mm -hmm. about that, you know? Yeah, look at Jake Sisko. He was look a at him. journal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's writing novels, waiting for his dad. <laughs> to come back, yeah. Which is never Nah, yeah. Can't yeah, can't ever watch the uh the visitor ever again. I, I, what sucks about that is like, you know, in the visitor, he like he, you know, he's gone for whatever. But then in reality, he still ends up gone for. Yeah. For yeah but like, but like permanently gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't you say they're doing a comic series? Yeah, they are. They, they, they're, what? they're doing it. Yeah. No, they're doing a Star Trek book, uh, comic book series where basically the premise is someone or something is killing all of the godlike like beings like the Organians and then the Q continuum, the prophets. So basically the prophets send Cisco back to, f to investigate and figure out what the fuck is going on. And like Jesus. Yeah. Like <laughs> Jesus. And you know, things <laughs> ensue. And I, I think like he's got a crew of, I think Spock is on his crew. I think lore is on his crew, which they totally stole. Lore? Psychotic. They lore. did steal that from they Psychotica. Stole that. They yeah. stole that what from the Psychotica. Fuck? I'm, fucking mad. Yeah, I'm fucking mad about it. That's bullshit. Yeah, that is bullshit. <laughs> gotta copyright that shit. Yeah, man. Yo, you gotta copyright this already copyrighted. <laughs> yeah, I can't copyright Star Trek, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, no, give it a shot. <laughs> but they should have at least hired me as a writer. Yeah, but. they should have known. They should have known. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I hear the comic book's really good. You guys should check it out. Is it out already? I think the first couple issues are out, yeah. Damn. I think the book opens up with, like, uh, what was the guy's name? Like, Gary Mitchell or something from the original series? Like, he, um, he like, he, he's one of these guys that, like, evolves be, like to, to, I guess, humanity's end stage, what, we're, what humanity is supposed to end up like. 
and oh. he's confronted by this being that we don't see. We see him, but we don't see uh, who he's confronting. And then it it switches to I think the prophet sending Cisco on about his business. Damn, that's cool. I do want more Cisco. Yeah, all we all do. Yeah. yeah. If Avery Brooks is ever uh, able to pull himself out of the jazz continuum, he he might. <laughs> Jazz <laughs> he might be able to do another live show. Uh, well, what's sad is I think that they had had plans to bring back Avery Brooks, but uh, I guess he had, quote unquote, retired from acting. And I don't think yeah. he has representation anymore. And whatever they were offering him, I think they were trying to, like, fuck him, which yeah. which is kind of shitty when you think about Star really? Trek. It's like, I didn't come hear on, about guys. this at all. Yeah, no, no, that's what's going on. That's why we haven't gotten Cisco back, because they, they made some announcement that they were going to try to make a show for him, you know? But oh, that would then, be so sick if they yeah, did it right. They, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, I I didn't know it was like a like a money or or payment issue it. or anything no, yeah, like that. It's, it's it's like a money That's representation. Just, it, weird. It literally okay. always is. Like I'm never gonna get over the the Jadzia shit. Like oh they, yeah. Like I want the other universe where like that didn't happen because I'm still not happen. over it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like because that was money. That was all because of yeah. money and inequality in the in the production space. Yeah, and they Absolutely treated her like shit, apparently, on that show. Yeah. Rich Berman. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. It was all that. And, like, same thing with, like, you know, season two Pulaski. Like, that was because of, like, a like some drama on set, like, with uh, Gates McFadden. Like, mm -hmm. they wouldn't. Do you know yeah. what happened? I'm so curious. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But it was, I think it was something akin to that, like, money, contract, just, you know, general mistreatment of people classic you know <laughs> uh, it's easier to 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 write about that right. stuff than it is to actually do it yeah now the goal uh, is to get the uh production team to live the truths of what they're of the story <laughs> right <laughs> oh that's crazy though uh with avery brooks Huh. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, okay. I I always thought he just quantum leaped out of this universe. <laughs> yeah, like just that was just a documentary, like the end <laughs> of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, yeah. quantum leaped. And uh, apparently one of his other stipulations is he was not willing to come back because uh, originally they did not want to hire back Kirik Lofton to play Jake. They didn't give a oh. shit about him. And he's Come like, on. I'm not, yeah, he's like, I'm yeah, not, doing not doing any of this yeah. without him, which I really admire him for. Yeah. That's, wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. You can't bring in different Jake. What the fuck? I don't think they were just, I think they were just going to not have Jake at all. Oh. How could you just not have Jake? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you that's doing? So, like, <laughs> like, what is like, his son? That's like yeah. a huge part. Like, if he comes back, why would you not right. see that again? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he would be the first person he sees, and it would be a beautiful, gorgeous moment. <laughs> for sure we'll never see they're greedy fucks alright is there anything else you want to plug before we go Allie uh no Picard season <laughs> <Okay>. 3 <laughs> <laughs> I, meant, I meant any of your own work uh, uh, anything you no, want no. really want to thank you for taking the time out for joining us today yes thank yes. you guys so much for having me this was a blast that was yeah, awesome absolutely. thank you so Anytime. much thanks for coming on Allie you were, you were fantastic thank you you're welcome <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks, guys. I'll see you soon. Bye.
Wow, guys, that was an incredible guest segment. I really loved having her on the show. Yeah, uh, thank you for coming on. That was amazing. Like, I, I love it when we have uh, people, and she was great. Yeah, and we got to talk about Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, I just like to see my beliefs about Picard confirmed and reaffirmed over and over again. <laughs> uh, that, that was great. Um, yeah, it, it's nice. It's nice having another voice on this ship. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, guys. But it looks like that's all the time we have for on Red Channel Condition this week. But you know the deal. Check out our YouTube channel. Send us an email at redchannelcondition at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening, guys. Take it easy. Have a good one.